But I, I do want to take us to two passages of Scripture. And as I was uh, discussing with her this morning, I, uh, and a matter of fact, earlier this week too, but I, I, I feel this message is, um, is probably not what you would expect to hear the first service of a new year. So please forgive me if you came for a thematic message tonight. I don't have one. Maybe Sunday, I don't know. But uh, I was wondering in my human mind why I felt directed here. I even came across a couple messages in uh, one I preached some of this I preached two, a little over two years ago that I incorporated in this message tonight but I was stirred and I felt like this is not this is not a New Year's type message but I was very stirred and moved in a dream last night and so I feel to go and pre- go ahead and preach this teach this tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and then Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Second Corinthians 11 verse number three, one verse, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The serpent beguiled Eve. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 8, He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Whoso removeth stones shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. And if the iron be blunt, he do not wet the edge. Then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment. And a babbler is no better. I, I, I just, for a simple thought tonight, here you go. Here's your, your theme, your, your title of the message. I do not like snakes. I do not like snakes. Amen. It's even hard to like people that like snakes. I do not like snakes. Would you help me pray that God would talk to us, move and minister? I need the Lord to Talk to me and through me tonight. Lord Jesus, give us ears to hear. God, anoint me, anoint my heart, my mind, my soul. Lord Jesus, your word is forever settled. God, your word is great. It is awesome. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And I pray that you would give us understanding. Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord. Let your word be, just be a light to us tonight. Enlighten us, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. In regards to snakes growing up in our house, my mom is here to attest, uh, we, we do not like snakes. We, we have had mottos like, there is no such thing as a good snake. 
For the only good snake is a dead snake. My mom's back there, a dead snake. Amen. We have been known, I've seen my parents do it, not only just run over a snake on purpose in the road, but to stop, back up, and do it again. Amen. <clears throat> to make sure that that dude was dead. Praise God. But serpents, whether it's serpent or serpents in the singular or plural, and asps are mentioned if you combine those 54 times in the word of the Lord. In dragon or dragons, which is often interpreted as a serpent or a type of uh, another 34 times. So in the word of God, you can find a reference to snakes uh, many times. Uh, and the devil himself is called an old serpent. And Revelations 12 says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The serpent there in the garden lied, deceived Eve. And he said, you shall not surely die. And he questioned the word of God and hath said, hath God, or asked, hath God said? And, and we know that the devil is a liar because he speaks with a forked tongue. Uh, amen. I've, I've, just, I've just noted in my mind when people will lie or try to deceive to me and lie to me, and I see that they speak with a forked tongue, I understand that they are perhaps a snake. <laughs> they have been dealing with the spirit of a snake. Amen. Jesus said in John 8, 44, There is no truth in him, the devil. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. We know that the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Revelations 12 and 7, there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. The devil is a serpent, but he is no match for God. That old serpent who deceived the whole world, and he's deceived himself. He deceived himself in thinking he could be as bright and as powerful and great as God himself. You see, what's in the serpent's mouth is poison. It's deception. It's venom. Beware of the serpent's bite. For you see, the poison of snakes is categorized into three, and I've talked about this briefly before, but three types of poison or toxic toxicity. It has this... It has three different types. The poisonous snakes or the venom of snakes can be categorized into three different types. The first is called the hemotoxic. It's the hemotoxic. The second is the neurotoxic. And the third is the cytotoxic. The hemotoxic or the cardiotoxic acts on the cardiovascular system. It includes the heart and the blood and the swelling causes internal bleeding when you're when, when you are bitten by a snake that has hemotoxic poison venom you, you your heart can suffer a, a a heart attack there's hemorrhaging it creates necrosis necrosis in 
one's body and the organs and the cells of the body where the cells in an organ or tissue um, begin to fail to supply the blood to that organ. So your organs will begin to shut down. <clears throat> you can't do things. Your body doesn't function the way like, as it should. And we have to be careful when, when someone in the church is snake-bitten spiritually because things don't always function as well as they should. Things can shut down. And I've seen people with bad attitudes and bad spirits and that were snake-bitten. This is a really good first message on in, in January, isn't it, New Year? I've, I've seen the spiritual necrosis set in. <clears throat> and people have a spiritual disease in their body, and there, there's, a, there's a lack of blood supply. But I'm telling you, there is still a blood that still flows, that can wash and cleanse and sanctify and pure and heal every disease. <clears throat> the second venom is called neurotoxic. It acts on the brain. I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of snake-bitten people in this world. They are plumb crazy. They are out of their ever-loving minds. Neurotoxic, it acts on the brain, it's the mind, the nervous system. It includes the brain, and what it does is it causes paralysis and convulsions, rapid muscle twitching and difficult breathing and other respiratory issues. And People can't uh, function, and it seems like they get snake-bitten, and they got, they got issues, and they haven't, they haven't spoken tongues in a while, or they haven't had the Lord breathe a new blessing in them in a while, and there, there's, there's, they've been having issues in their thinking, and they've been snake-bitten. And it causes fear and shortness of breath, and they hyperventilate, and there's all these side effects. The third it's called cytotoxic. It kills the tissue of the body. Necrosis, like leprosy, it begins with severe pain and swelling in an area around the bite, and then it just it kills the cells. It just it just everything just begins to to die, and they're they're literally people their limbs will die until it spreads through other organs in their body, and and eventually the body whole body dies. I don't know if you know this, but when snakes become afraid, they will tend to inject up to ten times greater the amount of venom when they bite. <laughs> the devil has great wrath. When he tries to bite you, he wants to inject as much venom as he possibly can. Because he will try to bite and strike those he is most afraid of. <clears throat> devil is afraid of you. He is afraid of you having a walk with God. He's afraid of your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. And we live in a world, and, and I'll watch the clock tonight, but we live in a world that has been snake-bitten, spiritually snake-bitten. But I, I, I have good news for the world today. There is a cure. There, there is a spiritual antidote. You see, the only cure for a snake venom is is an anti-venom or an antidote. I, I've mentioned this before. The only cure there's a snake to a snake venom is an anti-venom or antidote. Snake antivenom is a medication made up of antibodies used to treat snake bites by venomous snakes. The antidote neutralizes the poison. Someone gets bitten by a venomous snake. If they can, that's why it's important. What kind of snake was it? Was it a 
rattlesnake? Was it a water moccasin? Was it a Mojave green? Was it a, a timbler? A, 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 a timber rattler? What, what kind, of, what kind of, of a rattlesnake was it? What kind of, was it a coral snake? Because they have different, different effects in the body. Hemotoxic or neurotoxic or cytotoxic. But once they can identify the snake, <laughs> they have an antidote or an antivenom. Where do they come up with this anti-venom? How do they come up with it? It is a biological living antidote. <clears throat> it is a biological product. means it's a living antidote. That typically consists of venom neutralizing antibodies. And it's derived from or comes from a donor animal. Biolog uh, biologists have found that the best donor animal is a lamb or a sheep. Donor animal is hyperimmunized, hyperimmunized, or injected. There you go. I'm trying to be all medically, you know, scientific. Injected a little bit easier to understand. With the snake venom, which is a process which creates an immunological response that produces large numbers of neutralizing antibodies against various components, toxins of the venom. It counteracts the bad stuff. It neutralized the bad stuff. It puts into the bad stuff, it makes the bad stuff have no effect in the body. It acts as a blocker. The antibodies are then collected from the host animal, the lamb, or the sheep, sometimes a goat. There's even a scapegoat. There's all kinds of scripture for those and further process into snake antivenom for the treatment of envenomation. Envenomation. I said all that to... That's pretty cool how they get antibodies, how they get an antivenom. It comes from a lamb or a sheep. He was the lamb for sinners slain. John 1, 29, the next day John see a Jesus coming, and he said, Behold, the lamb of God. And I said a minute ago, the world has snake bitten them. But there is a cure. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. There's some crazy people. But the venom of the enemy is in their system. But there is an antibody. And as long as they're still breathing, there's still hope. If they can just get to the blood of Jesus, all their sins can be washed away counteract, can stop, can cease, desist. Their physical but and spiritual response to the venom. In Isaiah 53 and 7, he was oppressed and he, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. You see, at Calvary, Jesus became our sacrificial lamb and gave us his blood, and it neutralizes the effects of sin. Yeah. <clears throat> 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto, right, unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Hebrews 9.12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, 
having obtained eternal redemption. All those sacrifices in the Old Testament, they couldn't completely do away with the venom. They could only push it ahead a year. But at Calvary, it's finished. Sin is finished. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. There's a story. This is kind of a cool story. You know, you look through the Bible. I, I was looking through all those verses about serpents and asps and, and, and dragons. And, and I could only, only find two uh, that, that are in a positive light. So, obviously, and all those 50-some-odd verses, I don't even think God likes snakes. <coughs> but there, there's a couple really cool ones. The first one you find in Exodus, I think it's about Exodus 7. I think it was Exodus 7. Yeah, somewhere in there, Exodus 7, Exodus 10. I think it's 7. When, you know, uh, uh, Moses and, and, and Aaron, they go before, before Pharaoh, and, and it's actually Aaron that throws down his rod, and it turns into a snake. And, and the magicians, the Pharaoh's magicians, they throw theirs, and they turn to snakes. But Aaron's snake ate up all the other snakes. Why? Because his was the king's snake. And the second time, you find a good snake. <clears throat> Numbers 21 and 6, and the Lord sent fiery serpents. People were disobeying. They were being disobedient. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. That's horrible. They were transgressing. They were being really bad. He's like, fine, you won't. Here you go, some fiery serpents. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. <laughs> Look what repentance can do. We have sinned. That's a good start. I've sinned. I've been snake bitten. I'm spiritually dying. God, I need some help. That's a good place to start right there. Peter said, repent. And be baptized there. Repent. We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that you take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. He puts his serpent, he makes it up, a serpent, fiery serpent, however that looked like, on a pole. And if you got snake bit, you'd go look at the pole and you'd live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. I don't know how big or small it was, but that's kind of cool. And it came to pass that if the serpent, if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Pretty cool. But in the New Testament, in John chapter 3, he recorded and said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what I just read about, Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's a good fiery serpent. It made me, I was going to say, every, I, you know, I believe that every serpent, every snake's a bad snake. No, not everyone. <laughs> There's a king snake. 
In Genesis, God said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. This is after, you know, Adam and Eve failed and Eve, they were beguiled or Eve was beguiled. And, and the serpent spoke with fork and tongue, that spirit devil speaking to her. And, it, and he said, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. He's talking to the serpent. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The only way to kill a snake is to cut his head off. Or to step on its heel. My, my grandfather, he was a coon hunter. He had coon dogs. It would have been my mom's father-in-law, my, my dad's dad. Uh, he, he wouldn't spend a lot of money on anything, but he'd spend money on a coon dog. And uh, he was up. Up in the, I believe it was up in the canyon somewhere, but he was up one night years ago, and uh, he was hunting, and it was dark, and he'd just walk, you know, and he'd listen to the dogs, and he was just walking around, and it was dark, and he realized when he stepped, he stepped on a snake, and he realized he stepped on a poisonous rattlesnake, and it, he was standing on the head of the snake. You know what he did? He ground he went like this for a long time until that thing stopped the flopping. He was afraid to get up or stand up. <laughs> he made sure he ground that, the head of that snake in with his boot until it stopped moving. At Calvary, which is called Golgotha, it's the place of the skull. Calvary crushed the head of the serpent. What he said in the, in back in Genesis, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It shall what the seed of the woman. We just talked about it. Where Jesus was born of Mary. He was the seed of a woman. He was fully God yet fully man. And he crushed, he bruised, he destroyed the head of the serpent. And when we receive the antidote to sin, the blood of Jesus Christ, we would do so when we are baptized in Jesus' name. You know, he said, repent in Acts 2, 38, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I talked about how in Revelation 12, John was writing, and, he's in, in, and God's speaking to John, and he says that uh, that old serpent that beguiled Eve. But just a couple verses later, he says, And they overcame him, that, that, that old serpent, because of the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their testimony. Greater is he that's in us. Like what, I like what Brother Cotton says, won't he do it? <laughs> The blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful than every sin. We have a testimony. We have the blood of the Lamb. We have a great testimony. That the blood, the antidote, is more powerful than the, the bite, the venom of that old serpent, the devil. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I preached some of that here. Two years ago, I went back and found my notes. Now I come to the close because this is what I really want to talk about. I don't like snakes. And I don't play with snakes. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 in our text 
He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And whoso breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. That word, I was doing a little word study on that. That word diggeth. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. That word diggeth is the Hebrew word shapar. Shapar. C-H-A-P-H-A-R. It literally means to pry or delve into, to explore. Be careful. I don't know who this is for, but maybe it's just for me tonight. But A-R-C, be careful, especially for your kids. If you got kids and grandkids, be careful what pit you are exploring. He that diggeth a pit, he that pries and delves into, it's called the internet. I'm not preaching against the internet. I got the internet. It's on my phone. It's on my iPad. Be careful what you explore. Can I just be real practical tonight? It's the world wide web. Careful what you get stuck in. Beware of where you are exploring. The internet, the web. It could be anything that tempts you. The wages of sin is death. And I thought, this is a... I didn't think anybody would be shouting. You're not shouting. Wasn't really the message, I, you know, kind of message I really wanted to... Wednesday night, the first message of the year. I wanted the Holy Ghost moving. And I, the Holy Ghost is talking, I, I, do, I do believe. And, and I thought, ah, God, there's, is there something else? You know, I, maybe I'm, I know there's other ministers here tonight. I'm hoping I'm not the only one that asked that God, are, is there another message you can put on my heart? Or is there? So much so, I had a dream last night. I'm not one to dream. A lot of times I'll dream and I can't remember the dream. I don't remember very many dreams. I just don't. That's me. I just, I'm not a, sometimes I do. Maybe it was just what we have for dinner last night. I don't even remember what was it. Let's not have that again. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, we had breakfast. That's right. She made some scrambled eggs. Let's not do that for dinner. It was good. You ever have breakfast for dinner? It's amazing. Some of you like some breakfast right now, huh? I'm almost done. There's hope. I hop. Here we go. Denny's, I hop. Amen. But I had a dream last night, and in the dream was a building. And it wasn't this church. It was more like a commercial building. It had glass doors, and it had, a, had an entryway. And right in front of the glass doors at the front of the, of the building, and it, in the dream, it was like, you know how you just know what it is, but it's, it's like, but that doesn't look like our church? But it, it was like, that's, that's our church. And there was, a, there was a flower bed right in front. And like a planter, a little flower bed out in front. And someone decided that it would be a good idea to, to put or how, how it ended up there. There was a big old rattlesnake in that flower bed right in front of the church. Someone thought it was, it's a natural thing. Snakes are natural. It's in its natural habitat. It's, there's some plants and bushes there. And we'll just watch it. It'll stay there. If it stays there, it'll be good. And, 
And, um, and in my dream, I was like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I've got, you know, uh, kids, and I've got grandkids, and even in my mind, I was thinking of Hudson and Jackson and, and other kids from the church, and they're going to go over and be interested and go want to look at the snake. Now, that's not a good idea. We ought not be playing with that thing because that thing's a poisonous rattlesnake. That, that can bite somebody and kill somebody. But, but it's okay as long as it stays in the flower bed. And then the next in my image in the dream, that snake was, was, kept coming out of the flower bed. And that rattlesnake was going up to the front doors of the church and was slithering in and was trying to get in the front door. And the one... There was one that, that thought that, that, that it's okay, I got this. This is, this is how we get it. He comes up. It was a guy in the dream, whatever. And I, I even asked my wife, and she goes, I can order one for Amazon if you wait till Sunday to preach that. Because I was like, I, you know, be almost, in, and I'm glad we didn't because I don't want to bring a snake or a, a fake snake. I wasn't going to bring no snake in this church, let me tell you that right now. We ain't those kind of Pentecostal, right? There was a guy on February the 17th. 2014, he was a Pentecostal pastor somewhere back east, and they were playing snakes, and he died because he got to playing with snakes. And I, I got a scripture here for that. I just didn't get to that part of the message, but I, there, I got a scripture that, we, that tells us we should not be doing that. <laughs> so we're not bringing in live snakes. <laughs> we didn't want to bring in. She goes, I don't think it's a good idea to bring in a devil. Like, or, I mean, a fake one. I say, you're right. Because snakes will hurt, make me hurt myself. <laughs> a couple years ago, at men's retreat, brother, home, somebody had brought a fake snake, and they tied it under the, you know, my chair or whatever while I was sitting there having hey, and Brother Holmes come by and taps me on the, I don't know if even if he was the one that did it, but he was designated as the one that tapped me on the Man, I jumped. You never thought I could jump that high. I tell you, white men can jump. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty funny. After my heart got back down to a normal, I don't like, I told you, I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes. But in my dream, he came up, he walked up behind the snake, and he goes, it's okay, listen, look, 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 he goes, I'll show you. And he grabbed the snake right behind its head, got a hold of that thing. He goes, and I'll put it right out back where, some of you are getting, and he walks it right back out, and he goes, here, we're going to put it right back where, out here. And, and, and it was, but he was having a hard time letting it go. Because if you let it go, it can bite you. And the point is this. Be careful if you think you've got a hold of the snake. Because once, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Thank you, Lord, for stepping in right now. Once you get a hold of the snake, how are you going to let it go? I got it. I got it. What do I do with it? But I can hold on to it. I can control it. But the thing you're holding on to and thinking you're controlling is really controlling you because it's just waiting for you to put it down to bite you. Well, let me go right back here and put it back in the flower bed. So it puts it back in the flower bed. Everybody stand back watching. Here it goes. That's okay. I'm going to go get it. I can get it. Everybody else stand back. What happens when... When somebody that doesn't understand, that's where you get the snake is right behind its head. But what happens if it bites the hand that's trying to grab it? 
I don't like snakes. I'm not playing with snakes. Mark, I, 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 let's stand. I, I'll give you this. You don't even have to come play, babe. It's okay. Because we're not running and shouting tonight anyway. See? I said I'd give you a verse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna. to. Here's a verse. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. We are to cast devils out, not bring them in. And they shall speak with new tongues. We speak with new tongue, not with forked tongue. Verse 18. This is pretty cool. I did a little word study on this. Like, wow, that's amazing. They shall take up. And this is where a lot of people, that's why that dude back then, that's why I think his name was um, Coots. I think that's his pastor. Anyway, he died from being taken up. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So they go, well, we're just going to take up serpents. That is not what that meant. They shall take up, A-I-R-O in the Greek. They shall take up, it literally means to put away or remove serpents. To cast them out. In the context, it's they're casting out devils, not bringing them in. They're casting out the snakes, not bringing them in. They shall put away or remove or cast out serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. We still have power. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But it's a spiritual thing. And I know you've given a physical example of a spiritual meaning. There's a spiritual meaning here. We're casting out serpents, not trying to bring them in. In other words, don't play with snakes. He that diggeth a pit, he or she that goes exploring and delving and prying into. Be careful because if you break down that hedge of separation... Destined to get snake bit. <laughs> Maybe I should have had you come play. You just saved me. I know we got the story. I, matter of fact, I've used his, I stole his title, by the way. I just I borrowed it. He, Brother Gant preached a message years ago when I was a teenager about Paul in Acts chapter 28. You know, he reached the, get, getting warmed by the fire, put his hands up, the viper bit him and they were waiting for Paul to die and he shook it off and threw it back in the fire and Brother Gant preached a great message and I've used the title before because it's an awesome shake it off make the devil take it back I'm glad that God has the power to heal and save but I don't ever want to get snake bit to find out <laughs> hello I just assume not ever see a rattlesnake if I do I got snake shot Cut that head off with a long knife that's far enough for me to stand way far away. It won't strike. I ain't getting close to snakes. I don't even like going where there's aquariums, you know, and they got the snakes behind the glass. Uh-uh. Y'all have a good time. They are sitting there waiting to bite. You trust the glass? Okay, good. 
see you outside. Y'all, you big old scaredy cat. Mm. Don't like snakes. I ain't playing with snakes. And I'm telling you, there's a snake that gets spiritual venom that wants to drag you to hell to destroy your soul. I plead the blood of Jesus. I'm going to stay prayed up. God, forgive me if there be anything in, in me, if there be any thought of wickedness, if I've been prying or delving or going anything, doing anything, watching anything, saying anything, thinking anything that's not of you. God, wash me, cleanse me, purify, purge me. I repent. Wash me with the blood of the Lamb again. I'll confess my sin and shortcoming. Why? Because I don't want to die a spiritual snake bit. I don't like snakes. I don't like the devil. Matter of fact, I hate the devil. I do not like him. I do not like him. Well, turn to somebody and tell them, I don't like snakes. If it, don't be lying. If you like snakes, don't tell them that. You can tell them this. Don't play with any snakes. Watch out for snakes. Has anybody gone to the Ronald Reagan Museum or uh, Library? McGee's have gone. We've gone a couple times. Mom, you've gone. Some of us, Kevin's gone. Some of it's pretty cool. It's Simi Valley. Beautiful. You can look on a clear day. You can look out. See the, the, the mountains all the way out to the ocean. Beautiful, beautiful. You look west. They have these little signs posted up there because there's a lot of rattlesnakes in that area, in that underbrush, in those hills. And they say, watch out for rattlesnakes. You know where I don't go? Very close to those edges. Because I want to see it before it sees me. I'm giving it. And I've got news for that little dude. If it comes closer, it's going to die. We need to have that kind of attitude towards the devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Satan, get thee behind me. And if you are dealing with something, you feel like you, you need to cut the head off of the snake. Because if you cut the head off, you don't go there, do there, do that. You stay away from that. Stay away from that environment. Whatever, whatever, wherever it is or whatever it is, it's biting you or wherever you're getting snake bit. You got to cut the head off. Because if you cut the head off, it can't strike. Did you know a head that can still bite, though, even after it's been cut off? They can still do that. I'm telling you, I don't like snakes. I really do not like snakes. Uh-uh. Lord Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you would help us to avoid the traps of the enemy. Help us not to be beguiled, to be deceived. In Jesus' name, give us understanding. Let your word truly be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path so that if your word leads us and guides us, it will keep us from falling into the pit. That your word will be a lamp unto our feet. Your word will shine what is waiting and lying in wait in that dark. We are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. 
God, let your word be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, so that we might live an overcoming and abundant life in you. In Jesus' name. God bless you in the name of